in this episode of the Live Damn Well podcast. You know, so I'm, I'm, I'm a traditional doctor and th there was never any point in time where I actually had that realization. I was under the false belief that my doctors knew what this disease was about. They had told me no matter what, when I checked back in with them, it was always a genetic disease. You know, I didn't know that there was an alternative. I truly believed because I had come up in this current medical paradigm where you go to your doctor, your doctor's trained by the medical industry, and these doctors are really controlled by the people who are selling drugs. So there isn't another paradigm. These days, I think people are recognizing that our medical paradigm has failed. I watched my parents die at the hands of their doctors. Their doctors didn't know the stupidity with which they killed my parents, who both died from pancreatic cancer but their doctors still meant well. They were doing what they thought was right. It just wasn't. They, they were destroying my parents' health because they didn't understand our biology on an atomic, molecular, subatomic level. They didn't ever dig deeper. I had my mind blown at discovering this because I'm just a dentist. I'm not a researcher. I wasn't really looking for this magic cure to everything, but I still found it because I think when you dig down into the science, if you don't recognize the profound nature of vitamin D, you're kind of missing something. That isn't right. This isn't fair to people who really want to be healthy. My patients are all trying to eat well, exercise and be healthy. We've all been given the wrong instruction. The information that's readily available out there in the media is simply wrong. Stay out of the sun, avoid red meat, increase heart healthy grains, eat small meals throughout the day to stoke your metabolism. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. And I say even bullshit if I can say that word on your podcast. My name is Jorge Roman, author of Return to Human, certified health coach in training, metabolically flexible individual, and insulin sensitive human. Now in this podcast, I will relentlessly ask, why is there so much conflicting information about health, nutrition, and lifestyle recommendations? Is there more to the story? Or are those individuals involved with natural and alternative health just a bunch of pseudoscientific quacks? I will often have solo episodes discussing relevant scientific research around nutrition, supplementation, powerful lifestyle practices, and I'll occasionally plug my health coaching programs shamelessly. I'll also be interviewing thought leaders from all walks of life in an attempt to discover what truly makes someone healthy. I will do this with no agendas, no ideology, no closed-mindedness, no BS, just truth. Regardless of the fact that I will inevitably trigger and anger some narrow-minded and myopic individuals. To live damn well doesn't mean living life perfectly. We're all going to die someday, so striving for ultimate health is a pretty counterproductive goal. Rather, I hope to learn for myself and empower others to fulfill their life's purpose and enjoy all life has to offer, all while being disease-free, energetic, and in control of their biology. Learning to take responsibility for yourself, staying true to your deepest commitments, and enjoying life to the fullest is what Live Damn Well is all about. I believe humanity already has all of the tools to create a life which is disease-free, joyful, and highly fulfilling. Now, we just need to do the hardest part, cutting through the divisive, arrogant, closed-minded bullshit which holds us all back from creating the world we deeply desire. Thank you for joining me on this journey, and I hope to serve you on yours.
In this episode, I interview someone who, honestly, I didn't think I would get on the podcast, but I'm very, very grateful that he did. I think his information can and will save lives, and that's part of the reason why I reached out to him as early as I could, because especially right now, immune health is at the forefront and should be at the forefront of our focus and doing so in a way that will strengthen the population and make our immune systems more resilient as they should be for future generations, for future pandemics, not just band-aid approach where we lock everyone down and create a total economic collapse where the poor get more poor, the rich get more rich, where domestic abuse, drug abuse, and suicide skyrockets. So we need to start looking ahead, and this is where I think our focus should lie. And Dr. Gould is really at the forefront of this movement. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Joel Gould. Welcome to the Live Damn Well podcast. My name is Jorge Roman, and my guest today is Dr. Joel Gould, a Canadian dentist with over 25 years of experience in both the United States and Canada. Dr. Gould is at the forefront of not only modern dentistry, but also takes a unique ancestral approach to health. Dr. Gould, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, great to be here. And I want to clarify, so now we're at over 30 years. So 30 years, okay. It was taking me five years to get my information to this point, so... Just want to make sure, you know, this is not my first rodeo. Awesome. So you're a dentist by trade, but you've become this authority on sunlight, vitamin D, ancestral health, and beyond. So first of all, why did you choose dentistry? Well, you know, it's, it's an interesting story, and part of it's tied into why, um, you know, what happened to me in my life. And I kind of like to say this happened to me. So when I was younger, when I was 14 years old, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And for anyone who hasn't heard of this, this is a chronic inflammatory bowel disease. It's a very embarrassing disease, but it was also difficult to live with. So on a daily basis, I had to modify my life and my behavior to fit in in the real world because, you know, um, I had wanted to do something in the medical uh, field and I had thought about, you know, what it would take to go through, um, you know, being an intern and being a medical doctor. And I knew that my body really couldn't go through that. I had spent a lot of time um, just being able to function normally. Um, dentistry was a really great combination of the things that I like, the, the medical aspect, um, the entrepreneurial aspect. I'm good with my hands. I'm an artist. And um, I think most dentists are frustrated artists. So dentistry is a really great profession. Um, the nice part about it is that I don't have to deal with sick people the same way that people in the medical industry do. Um, and um, I really love the combination of science um, biology, chemistry, and, and really um, treating patients in a clinical setting, knowing that my daily activities had an impact. Dentistry has been a great profession um, to me over the last 30 years. So you went from having Crohn's disease, and then what was the next step right after that? How did you decide, like, this is the day I want to change something about this? Because, you know, a lot of people, uh, from what I've read and from what I've heard um, in conventional medicine, like, a lot of what is told to people is like, you know, you have this disease and it's irreversible. You're going to have to be on these medications forever. So how did you decide to say, no, maybe this is reversible. What can I do? Right. Well, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm a traditional doctor and th there was never any point in time where I actually had that realization. I was under the false belief 
that my doctors knew what this disease was about. They had told me no matter what, when I checked back in with them, it was always a genetic disease. Um, and um, through many, many years, many different diets, I had gone, I tried different diets, but none of them even made any sense. And it wasn't really, um, it was by accident that I discovered the root cause of, of the Crohn's disease because um, I wasn't looking for anything. I would go to my doctor occasionally. You know, I didn't know that there was an alternative. I truly believed because I had come up in this current medical paradigm where you go to your doctor, your doctor's trained by the medical industry in hospital settings, and, and these doctors are really controlled by the people who are selling drugs. So there isn't another paradigm. There isn't like, okay, here's how it goes. You don't go to a doctor and they go, listen, you can take this pharmaceutical medication. It's got some side effects, but it's going to fix you and you're going to have a much better life. But if you want to really dig into it, there's this other alternative where we look at lifestyle and diet and exercise and, and some supplements, we can get maybe even a better result. That doesn't exist right now. And even to this day, as we sit here, it's 2020, we're getting to the end of the year. I recently heard who I thought would be an authority on uh, chronic inflammatory bowel disease. And it was a, 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 a naturopathic doctor. She was very articulate, but I was blown away that she didn't really see the disease the same way I did. And um, I don't know that very many people do. In this industry, we have the people who are the doctors and they say, I know what this disease is and I have the treatment for you. And then we have the patients who say, well, you know, doctor, what can I do? And there isn't any great system where everyone can know that there are alternatives to these pharmaceutical medications. It's just not known. And people are also very skeptical. When I started talking about my condition and what happened to me, before the coronavirus, um, people were just dismissive thinking, well, you know, I don't really care about vitamins and it doesn't seem that important. These days, I think people are recognizing that our medical paradigm has failed. The reason that we don't even know why some people get really sick and some people don't is a failure in the entire medical system. And it goes down to the core and root cause of what happened earlier on. And it was the lack of information of another Canadian dentist by the name of Weston Price whose work that I found that completely blew my mind. And it may be hard for you to understand as a young person that after 34 years uh, with Crohn's disease and after being a dentist for 25 years, I had never heard of another Canadian dentist. And he wasn't just like, there's some dude and he's like, he said, hey, take some vitamins. This guy had a fully laid out plan. He wrote a book called Nutrition and Physical Degeneration, which I'm sure you've read. And to anyone, who really wants to know why, why is this, you know, this dentist talking about vitamin D? Why is this happening? This is a book and I keep it on my desk because I like to show it. And this is it. This is a book called Nutrition and Physical Regeneration. This was published in 1937. That's like 80 years ago. Now I didn't learn about him in, in dental school, maybe in the US, okay, they don't care about. In Canada, I didn't learn about a Canadian dentist and I'm a dentist, this is pretty outrageous. And when I found his work, I had my mind blown by the simplicity of what he was saying and how his information is still simply not known. Not only is it not known, people will actively fight against it. And I don't even know if I can blame them because of the media message that, messages that we get, they're wrong. They're mixed up and they're confusing and they're wrong. I have a doctorate in science and I had a hard time finding the information that I put together in my book. And so, that's what I'll be excited to be presenting is that there isn't really one place to get all this except for Weston Price 
and you're thinking, you know, this book from 80 years ago shouldn't be up to date, but it is. This book, you know, it's incredible. And this guy discovered this by observation and by common sense and by looking critically at people's lives. Really fascinating stuff, stuff, stuff that we need to start to think about rather than we're relying on these medical doctors and these studies. And there's so much nonsense and fudging of data that goes on with this. You know, they're, they're, I can give you specific examples, but people really need to understand that even though they're doctors, maybe kind and caring people who really, really know a lot, they don't have the answers to fix what's wrong with most people in modern society. And, and that, that's what my focus is. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's really an education issue. It's, it's what are these, how are these doctors indoctrinated? What kind of training do they go through? And you know, a lot of the times, like I was talking about this on an earlier podcast with another guest, like the education around nutrition is not, it's not at the core. They maybe take one or two courses at most, but it's just not there. It's not even, you know, it's, that's not their job. To be honest with you, that's not their job. People have thought that their doctors should be all knowing and smart people, but they're wrong. You know, this isn't, this isn't how our current medical paradigm is designed. Just, it just isn't. Right. So I found you on Tom Bilyeu's podcast, as, as we talked about earlier, and I was pretty blown away by everything you were talking about, vitamin D, because really people think, oh, vitamin D, it's just good for your bones, right? There's not this like all-encompassing view that, you know, what happens in one part of the body will have an effect on another part of the body. And that's something that you really emphasize. So from your research, why is vitamin D so critical and why does it stand out from some of the other minerals and vitamins? Right. Right. Well, that's a great question. And so, you know, people who are listening to this and even people who are really into the biohacking scene and really trying to actively, you know, keep good health, the mysteries and the confusion around vitamin D is profound in that most people, they think they're fine. They take a multivitamin. A multivitamin has 600 international units of vitamin D. Vitamin D is not measured in milligrams. Sometimes it's labeled as micrograms. And this is really confusing stuff to people with a science background. And people will be on the assumption that they get their vitamin D from milk or they get it in their diet. I've had so many people say to me, I eat a very healthy diet, so I'm fine. And the amount of misinformation about vitamin D is massive. The confusion on why we don't know about this is intense. And it really gets to the core of understanding, well, why don't we know this? Why is it such a big deal? Vitamin D isn't a vitamin, it's a hormone. Your doctor didn't learn about it in medical school other than to learn that too much is toxic. And I mean that. And when I say your doctor doesn't know this, it's not an insult to the doctors. You know, I think it's shocking. And I think that, that we miss this so profoundly early on in the industry that this has been minimized and it's been, it just doesn't seem like this could be important. It doesn't make any sense that something that you should be getting from sun exposure is so powerful and and then we get all these messages saying that it's not that big of a deal we get the pharmaceutical industry they released a really big meta-analysis and this is one that a lot of my patients sent to me and said you were wrong about vitamin d it's only 50 50 and i you know i'm like that's the problem with science today you see these ads on tv now there's something clinically proven well i can get one study to clinically prove a lot of stuff it doesn't really make sense in the greater scheme of things so Vitamin D is a hormone, and it's even more than a hormone. I call it a metabolic hormone because this is what our body uses from sunlight. So vitamin D um, always came from sunlight, and we used to live outdoors. I'm not sure people can 
really get this idea through their head, but humans evolved without clothing, hats, or sunscreen, naked and barefoot in equatorial Africa. And this is something that's hardwired into every part of our biology. It's not just vitamin D. The sun makes so many different compounds in us. The sun catalyzes enzymatic reactions in us. Sunlight around our eyes, in our eyes, tell our brains what time of day it is. This regulates our circadian rhythm. Unnatural blue light in our eyes and on our face and our skin affects us profoundly. So just the lack of understanding, and this was stuff that was thought about and known about prior to the 1940s. There are certain countries like Russia where electronics and, and radiation are much more strongly uh, incorporated into their daily living. And um, I think that the whole biohacking movement here in the US or, and around the world is us falling back into those days when some really incredible books were written about radiation and light. And you know, for people who really don't know, um, you know, hopefully your, your, your listeners are younger, but you guys shouldn't know about tuberculosis. This is the thing. This was a massive epidemic that killed millions of people around the world that still kills people today. Tuberculosis is a bacterial skin and lung infection. This is the bacteria that infects you. And the cure prior to antibiotics was to go to a sanatorium, which was a special hospital where you would lie in the sun. That was the cure to a bacterial and a bacterial skin and lung infection. And people would travel, people who had money would travel to places in the South, like the Mediterranean or to Arizona and California, where the cure, and this is not that long ago. My dad was born in the, in the 30s. You know, this is not out of people's memory that this was the therapy. And it goes, it goes all the way back to ancient Greece and um, Hippocrates, um, you know, he's the father of modern medicine. And, he profoundly prescribed sunlight for both physical and mental health. And they knew this. This is information that we've known about. It's just been obfuscated. It's been hidden over and over by the powers that stand to make money off of your illness and my illness, and that's big pharma. And they are as bad as you think, maybe even worse. No one person, but this is the industry. The industry makes money on selling you artificial medications, and they're not interested on giving you the information to allow you to push that away and say, I don't want any of that. So vitamin D regulates the production of antimicrobial proteins. It regulates the innate immune system. It regulates the adaptive immune system. Vitamin D is a chemical in a giant missing chunk of our biology that has been sanitized and removed from all of modern medicine. And it's so much more profound because it regulates the the gut microbiome, it regulates all your microbiomes, but it also helps to regulate sleep. And if you don't sleep right, all bets are off. This is the most important thing. This is your daily reset. So why is it not, why people don't know about this? They should know. They don't know because Western Price's information was never put in to any of our educational systems except for people who are doing functional medicine. And you know, those are still considered not 100% mainstream um, healthcare providers. Right. And it's kind of like the, uh, the battle between terrain theory and germ theory. It's kind of like, you know, there's a lot more that went into germ theory and, you know, terrain theory right now is as a lot of like the alternative health or the natural health, uh, people are starting to see, you know, nutrition, exercise, all these lifestyle factors that combine in order to make you more resistant to viruses, bacterial infections. And that's what we're seeing with the data coming in from, from COVID patients. So right. completely agree. 
Well, well, so the, the issue, um, what we're seeing now, um, you know, we have to understand that this, you know, the, the power of diet and the power of the right diet, the power of the right lifestyle choices are really profound. And we have a really long way to go. What, what hurts me is that, you know, I, I was, when I, as I was watching this happen, I was on my email with all the vitamin D experts from around the world and nobody really wanted to speak up and go, this is just a vitamin D deficiency, guys. This is the primary thing affecting the world. And as I started to see these experts, people I've interviewed on my podcast, the experts from around the world, I saw their comments. I was witness to this back and forth of the top people. And just seeing the data, it, it, this is irrefutable. And it's not just the coronavirus. This is how our bodies work. And the, you know, this message is going to be very hard to get out there because, again, there's no money component to this or very little money component to this. And um, this is really tragic. But people are making better choices. And, you know, I hope to be a, a huge part of that with, with the people that I can get to. And I really love, you know, your, you as a young person actively, you know, make, taking a stand with this because, you know, this, is, this isn't right. Um, I watched my parents die at the hands of their doctors. Their doctors didn't know the stupidity with which they killed my parents, who both died from pancreatic cancer. But their doctors still meant well. They were doing what they thought was right. It just wasn't. It was they, they were destroying my parents' health because they didn't understand our biology on an atomic, molecular, subatomic level. They didn't ever dig deeper. I had my mind blown at discovering this because I'm just a dentist. I'm not a researcher. I wasn't really looking for this magic cure to everything, but I still found it. Because I think when you dig down into the science, if you don't recognize the profound nature of vitamin D, you're kind of missing something. It doesn't have to be your main focus. It's one of my main focuses, but people haven't read my book yet. It's one component of the many things that I discovered that are just like vitamin D sitting out there for everyone who has a research background to figure out for themselves. But that isn't right. This isn't fair to people who really want to be healthy. My patients are all trying to eat well, exercise, and be healthy. We've all been given the wrong instructions. The information that's readily available out there in the media is simply wrong. Stay out of the sun, avoid red meat, increase heart-healthy grains, eat small meals throughout the day to stoke your metabolism. Nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. And I say even bullshit, if I can say that word on your podcast. So... Um, you know, and, and that's where we are right now. And people are doing the work and finding, they're finding their, their um, guru. I hope they can find me because I'm trying to show a balanced picture. Somebody, somebody just says, oh, only this or only that. It's not never just one thing. The human body, everything is multifactorial. There isn't one thing that works in isolation. isolation. So um, to anyone who thinks I'm just a vitamin D uh, advocate, I am. But how it fits together in the body is really massively important how your body works is still not known by medical doctors. And I have a lot of really cool stuff that I've just teased. It's all in my ebook. All my cartoon characters, they lay out all my real estate. People just don't even, can't even begin to get into it because of the depth of it. And that's why I use cartoon characters because I want to take my time. As I put this out there, people won't believe it. And it doesn't really matter what they believe. I want to make sure the next generation has the opportunity to follow this information and they can choose. People don't have to do what I say, but the information should be fairly plainly available to the average person. It doesn't need a master's degree in science and research. They shouldn't have to know that much. This isn't right. I wanna make this accessible. Amazing. So for people who are, you know, first of all, still kind of scared of being in the sun and you know, all those recommendations and also 
Um, you talk about something called like an evolutionary level of vitamin D. What should the actual threshold be and why should people not be as uh, scared to get out in the sun? Sure. Well, okay, so when it comes to vitamin D, I'm still waiting for all the scientific studies that show the overdoses on supplementing. Now, if I can get something naturally, that's my preference. I don't want to do anything artificial. I don't want to take anything that I don't need to take. For some people, it doesn't matter. We have jobs. You live farther north. You live in a cloudy climate. I used to live in Vancouver, British Columbia. Beautiful place, hard to get vitamin D. So for people who are afraid to be in the sun, it's a healthy fear. You need to respect radiation. That's why I created my radiation rules whole concept because radiation is sunlight. Radiation is EMFs. Radiation is Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and 5G. And we need to know what it's doing to our bodies. So um, understanding what it's like, I, I use this analogy. So when you get into fitness, you don't go to the gym and bench press 300 pounds on your first day. You don't go into the gym and you become this totally knowledgeable fit person. You go into that gym not knowing and you can hurt yourself really badly. You go out into the sun without understanding how our bodies work. You can hurt yourself. You can burn yourself. You're not going to get cancer from one sun exposure, but it's the chronic overexposure of sunlight with a lack of an evolutionary level of vitamin D that's the dangerous part. And I want people to understand that they think that sunscreen saves them. Sunscreen is a very powerful bio attack. I like to use that word because you know taking vitamins can be a biohack. I can take the vitamins and minerals that I can't get from my diet. Um, but when you put on sunscreen, I call it a very profound bio attack because you are fooling your body. So you're putting something unnatural on your skin. Now, never even mind that everything you put on your skin is absorbed. And I mean everything. If you put it on your skin, you need to think about whether you would swallow it, lick it, or suck on it all day long, because that's what you're doing. And to people who go and spray themselves with that sunscreen, like there's, there's like, it's like magic, you're not protecting yourself. What you are doing is you're confusing your body. You probably already have a low vitamin D level because your doctor never tested it, and you're not supplementing because you think you're getting it from milk or juice. And now you are going out into the sun and you have completely eliminated your body's normal reaction to radiation. So sunscreen blocks all UVB radiation, especially the stronger ones, but not all UVA radiation. It doesn't block infrared radiation. We don't know all the other radiations, how deep, well, we know how deep they penetrate. So you wear the sunscreen and the things that you need to know were all, everyone was worried about UVB radiation. Now to get a little more sciencey, UVB radiation is a narrow band. 95% of, of the light we're getting is UVA radiation. It's only 5% UVB, and that's of sunlight. Now, when you go wear that sunscreen, what UVB radiation does is three specific things. Number one, it's responsible for, for producing a tan. So your melanocytes, your cells that produce melanin, they are stimulated by light in that wavelength. They will start to produce the right amount of melanin, which is Mother Nature's sunscreen. The second thing that UVB radiation does is it tells your body that it's time to get out of the sun. It, that UVB radiation is what causes burn. So, um, you know, and then the third thing that everyone is thinking about is vitamin D production. So um, now you're out in the sun, you blocked your vitamin D, you blocked your ability to really produce melanin as much as you want. Because UVA radiation will produce some, uh, somewhat of a tan, but it mostly toasts the melanin in your skin into a darker level. 
I want to make sure that I'm making the right amount of melanin to get that tan. And now your body's out there. You have this low level of vitamin D. You're being irradiated by natural sunlight. Your body has no idea when you've had too much, when to get out. You block that. You block the natural tan. You block the vitamin D part. And there you are thinking you're a hero riding around on your bicycle all day long, or even worse with your kids. And I'm not anti-sunscreen. I'm anti-sunscreen in the way that we currently view and believe it. Um, this is a very complex topic. I'm not telling people not to put sunscreen on their kids, but I kind of am. You want to delve into this. This is, this is a subject that requires many, many hours of research and investigation. There is a great book out there um, all about sunlight. And um, oh gosh, it's gonna, the name escaped me. I mean, it'll come to me. Um, I'll make sure you have that available, but it's nothing about vitamin D, all about sun exposure and how much information we have to understand about what we're doing. Slapping this stuff on, the sunscreen on and going outside, it's just such a weird thing to do. So if you did not wear sunscreen and you were a hunter-gatherer and you lived a life of a normal human animal, whatever you are, you would have an evolutionary level of vitamin D, meaning that you'd have the amount that humans in your area would have, depending on where you are. And this starts to become, starts to become complex because of how vitamin D levels change with the season, it changes with the latitude, it changes with the air quality, changes with the elevation, and it certainly changes with your skin tone. So I have three books, and of those three books that I've written, I don't even have the one about proper sun exposure done yet. That's on the back burner. And that's a whole book because the amount of information that you will need, you have to work at it. If sunlight is so important in our health, it's not easy. There's no magic sunlight pill. You have to start to learn about it. You have to think about it. You want to be outside. You want to be outside in the early morning sometimes. You want to get that blue light as the sun comes up. You want to watch the sunset. It's beautiful, but that infrared radiation, this is telling your brain, your eyes, your skin, your body, it's telling you specific signals coming in from the outside world. These are sensory inputs. And they're much more important than people are giving them credit for. If you want to live a long, healthy life, you cannot stay out of the sun. I don't believe anyone who avoids the sun can truly have a long life. And then we can get deeper into what we know why that is, because there's some really extremely cool stuff that I'd love to talk to you know, when we get into that. But um, an evolutionary level vitamin D, in my opinion, over 42, over 45, over 50, you know, um, I have run my vitamin D level up to 100 naturally just by being in the sun. And that's was, nanograms per milliliter? Nanograms per milliliter. Again, to anyone listening to this, if you live in the U.S., it's nanograms per milliliter. If you're in Canada or the rest of the world, it's nanomoles per liter. Very confusing, but, you know, just divide or, divide or multiply depending on, you know, okay? Right. Because there's... Have, in my yeah, ebook, there's a lot... I have the information on the charts that you right. Right. Okay. Because there's a lot of controversy surrounding like the, the right amounts of, of vitamin D. Like there was even a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine that said, you know, 20 nanograms per milliliter is actually way too high and 12 nanograms is what's necessary, right? Perfect. So, I, so as a clinician, as a, as a doctor that sees patients, when your level's below 20, you are not healthy. I do have the occasional person who would be like 17 or 18 and who's not that sick, but they're always obese, always, because they've been vitamin D deficient. And they can't get rid of their fat because their body isn't working right. They're, they're stuck in hibernation mode. So, you know, and to anyone who doesn't want to believe this or anyone who's, you know, I get, I get, it's so interesting because people have a very strong feeling about this and they'll come to me and even my patients, they'll say, well, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of 
confusion about this, what's safe and natural. And I just want people to think about this. If you wear clothing and you have a job and you live indoors, you are not getting a normal amount of sunlight on your body. You know, someone asked me, did hunter gatherer suntan? No, they didn't suntan. How cold was it this morning in LA? This is one of the warmer places in North America. It was cold. So if you were a hunter gatherer and it was cold, you wouldn't be suntan. You'd be waiting for the sun to come up to wait to feel the warmth on your body. Because unless you had a fire, that was it. Humans and animals, we want that warmth of the sun. You know, this is just common sense. So what level would you have if you lived in the wild? I think it, there's a lot of variations on your ancestry, your skin color, lots of different stuff that, that gets into really into the weeds. But in my opinion, from the studies that I've seen, and very few people even studying this, once you get to levels over 40, 42, 45, that's when you have enough vitamin D in your body so that you are not limiting the enzymes that you make. And so, you know, people in your in this listen to this podcast, they probably know what enzymes are, glutathione, protein enzyme, um, superoxide dismutase. Um, one of my main cartoon characters is enos, endothelial nitric oxide synthase. Enzymes, they, they make things synthases, put things together. Um, different enzymes tear things apart, okay? Um, and so vitamin D can regulate and does regulate which enzymes and how many, how much, what volume of these enzymes you're making. And if your vitamin D level is low, your body simply won't have enough energy of the sun to create the enzymes it wants to. So once you get past 45, maybe 50, and I asked my patients like, so there's never been one case where someone's died from a vitamin D overdose. Having a level that's too high scares the hell out of medical doctors because they've been taught to be fearful. But the truth is that your levels start to get, when they start to get past 300, a level that I would never recommend. I want everyone to be below 100. And if you do go too high, don't do it. If you go too high, don't panic, just stop taking vitamin D for a while. And if you're taking it with vitamin K2, really don't panic, okay? So I don't know why people want to cut it close. Well, I don't know when I'm at 30, 35, why would I want to do that? Why would I not? Like that's just, honestly, that's kind of dumb. And I'm done with, I, I wasted 35 years of my life doing dumb shit because stupid doctors didn't have the desire to dig more deeply into my health or their health. It's taking someone like me, a dentist, creating cartoon characters, why am I doing that? Why is this such a big deal to me? Right, and just to bring a, uh, an evolutionary perspective to this, a lot of modern, hunter, uh, modern day hunter-gatherer populations like the Hadza or the Maasai, for example, that have been studied, uh, their levels are at about 40 nanograms per milliliter or higher. So just in case people are thinking like, you know, this dentist is crazy, like, no, there's, there's some good data to back this up. Well, you know, and then here's the thing that you could do on your own. Once you understand how to expose yourself to sunlight, and as you expose yourself, you will get a tan. This is normal. I saw an article that said, any amount of sunlight is toxic and that a tan is skin damage. This is nonsense, total nonsense. So if I personally, more than one time, have run my vitamin D level, but I don't lie with my sun, my face in the sun exposed, I'm gonna cover my face because your face gets enough sunlight. But if I can just by playing beach volleyball, couple times a week and I'm not even lying out in the sun every day. If I got to a hundred, what does that tell you about our bodies? Mother nature doesn't make mistakes. She's not going to let your vitamin D run too high if you are outside in the sun. 
but she will let your vitamin D run too low if you dismiss the idea that humans need to live outdoors just to maintain health. Right. Right. So, so I guess that's the, that's the main thing, right? Like in, in a lot of these studies, we're comparing less sick people to sick people and that doesn't make them healthy. Like that study that I mentioned, right? 20 nanograms from milliliter, like, you know, they aren't, they aren't deficient, but that doesn't mean they're healthy. And like, it's even more difficult to define that because we're living in a chronic disease epidemic. Right. Well, and, and then today's doctor's orders have made it worse because when people are supposed to stay, they say stay home, they think it means stay inside. If you have a yard, if you have somewhere to be outside, be outside, okay? I want to spend as much time as physically possible outdoors. And I mean that. I have hats that I wear when I'm going to be out in the, for, in the sun for a long time. But sunlight is so important. I truly believe that, and it really just goes to the core. The healthiest thing you can do is eat red meat. And the healthiest thing you can be is in the sun a lot. Is it going to take you acquiring knowledge and actively being careful? Like I said, when it comes to fitness, you have to take care of yourself. If I tell you that being in the sun is one of the most important things to do for long-term health, then you may need to put some energy and effort into being in the sun in a healthy way, making a point of going in the sun, avoiding sunscreens that I think are very harmful for our environment. And there's a lot to this. If this was easy, and just be like, hey, take this one pill, spray this on your body, it doesn't work that way. So I'm asking, I'm, I'm not even asking people, I'm sort of forcing people to learn science because I'm putting this into songs with cartoon characters. And that's what I need to do because no one put this out there in a meaningful way. I suffered as a child, I was a sickly kid. Age 14 was just, you know, when it got really bad. There isn't really a group of people who is out there trying to defend young people or children. And that's why I'm on any podcast I can get on because I really want to share this information. Children are having their lives destroyed like mine was. When I say my life destroyed, I mean it. I, you know, to, to, to think about the stupid things that I had to do just to maintain a normal life, it was really horrific. And to anyone listening to this, this is real. The scientific evidence is there. It's in my ebook. You can research on this, all this on your own. This is critical. Many people are profoundly injured by this, and, and this has to stop. So um, I'm here just to clarify whatever I can with you and, and make it known. Correct me if I'm wrong, but as your levels of vitamin D rise, your risk of cancer actually goes down. Very much right? so. Okay. Very much so. So in this life, people are worried about a couple things. They're worried about like getting sick and getting, getting cancer and, and dying, you know? Um, everyone, uh, you know, by the time you hit tw your 20s, you probably know somebody who's had cancer, somebody who survived or somebody that you know. And then you think about that person, they're good people, they're probably actively trying to stay healthy, but they haven't been given the right information. We can get into what cancer really is because everything in my topic is all related, but absolutely. And, and what I want to make people understand is that vitamin D deficiency doesn't cause cancer. Vitamin D regulates cellular proliferation. Vitamin D regulates autophagy. Lack of proper autophagy is one of the main contributing factors in neurodegenerative disease, dementia, cancer, and heart disease. These are all one disease. They're all linked. My book is called The Modern Epidemic. It's one syndrome. There aren't all these diseases. There are 
a set of biologic behaviors that your body needs to have running properly. And when you don't have the conditions met, you start to break down. Now you will show the symptoms and the diseases based on your genetic background. And so I'm Eastern European Jew. We have a lot of inflammatory bowel disease. Some people are Irish. They may get diabetes. So why did I get Crohn's disease? That's my genetic makeup. And because this has to do with accessing your genes, your doctor's blaming these diseases like lupus and all this on your um, chromosomes. And sure, there's a component, but these are not genetic diseases. Cancer is not a genetic disease. If you had an uncle who had cancer, does not make you at higher risk. Both of my parents died of pancreatic cancer. Now, when that happened, I went to their pancreatic cancer doctor who didn't even know anything about vitamin D, never recommended supplementation or testing. And um, I went to him and, and questioned him about this. And this is still, this was five years ago, still not known. So having a higher vitamin D level is protective of, um, against almost every cancer in the book. Cancer is a metabolic disease. That means it's caused by mitochondrial damage. And when your cells, which all have mitochondria except for your red blood cells, when the mitochondria in those cells start to break down, that's when you start to have trouble. Cancer is resulting from the inappropriate production of energy, oxidative phosphorylation. Great podcast with Dr. Thomas Seyfried on my um, uh, website. You want to hear what he says in an hour. He's a 30 or 35-year-old veteran in the cancer industry. He's like, sorry, guys, they're looking at the wrong stuff. This is a massive money-making industry. And when you get cancer, they count on that fear, that fear. Oh my God, I have to go directly to my doctor and get this cut out. I have to take these poisons because that's the standard of care. And if you dare buck that, then now you're in breach of the standard of care, which is really a torture. If you have, if you have terminal cancer, why we don't have other programs makes no sense to me. But this again is all related to the syndrome that I described. And that is a disconnection of the human animal from its natural habitat. One of the results is cancer. And this is how we break down, depending on a lot of factors. Vitamin D can't be patented and sold like everything else that they synthesize. Right? Yeah, they, this is always, always a money issue. And you know, to anyone, um, I have my own vitamin line. If you want to buy my vitamins, buy them. They're great vitamins. If you don't want to buy them, you want to buy someone else's, I'm okay with that. We can't patent natural products. I try to provide a good quality, non-GMO, no glyphosate, no, that's the type of stuff. And am I going to make money off that? I sure hope so, because nothing in this world that doesn't make money ever sticks. You have to have a financial success. And I don't care if companies around the world start to look at what I do and they're going to copy me. Call me first. I'm available still. But this is what I'm here to do. I don't care whose profits are taken away from. I don't care who loses their job. When this comes down to something like fracking or coal, I don't care how many people lose their job. I'm sorry. We don't continue to damage the earth, destroy the planet because people's jobs are at stake. Those people have the opportunity to retrain and to do something that's more beneficial for the planet. We do not hold on to industries that are toxic to us just simply because people make their living doing it. It's completely wrong. So, you know, there is, you are at the beginning. I am at the beginning. I wish I had, you know, I wish this happened when I was a lot younger, but before the internet, we had to trust textbooks. We had to look things up at libraries and the power of the internet is so massive. Now 
the rapid sharing of information is so incredible that anyone, no matter where they are, as long as they have a smartphone and an internet connection, can literally be uh, uh, their own advocate, their own doctor. And you know, this is a massive revolution of self-care. I think it's in the biohacking space. You know, the 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 Dave Asprey's and the Ben Greenfields, and these were my heroes as I was educating myself about this alternative world. I listened to all their podcasts and. You know, these are these are the guys who are really trying to turn healthcare on its ear. None of them are real doctors, none of them, and that's okay because the real doctors have been fooled. And now we have to rely on people like this. You know, that was exactly the same for me because my problems weren't really with digestion, but they were mostly with sleep. Like ever since I was little, I could remember waking up five, six times every single night, and I don't honestly I don't remember the last time that I got a full night of sleep. And as I started you know, looking into your work, your work was really what, what um, propelled me to start uh, and yours and Jack Cruz, Dr. Jack Cruz. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. But I sure am. Yeah. Well, what's funny, so what's funny, I want to talk about Jack Cruz because he's a genius. And what's interesting is, so we're both dentists. He was actually an oral surgeon before he became a neurologist. And we both had this experience with poor health. Um, what I love about Jack Cruz is he's wacky and crazy and his, his, he's really genius. He is out there for the black swans. He wants to help those people who are mitochondriacs really delve into their health. And even though I like that, I'm the white swan guy. I'm the guy who I want everyone to know. They don't need to understand the, the details of the science. That's why I created the cartoon characters. This isn't right. You don't have to be a genius um, and follow Jack Cruz to get your health back. I wanted to be that other version that's more accessible to all people. I think Jack Cruz is super smart, but yeah, I learned a lot from him and, and you got to take it with a grain of salt because even my work, you don't believe my work, go, go look it up. If I say something that doesn't sound right and I get accused of this because some of the stuff I say sounds so ridiculously simple, they can't believe it's true. And you know, I'm not saying anything that isn't well supported by science. You're never going to find proof of anything. It's about evidence. It's about common sense. It's about using the science that we have to really, you know, create the best of what we can until the companies that have the money to really test these non, you know, these, these, these ideas. Um, I can't wait until I get a research budget to be able to do just some simple observational studies on sleep and children because people, you know, children are being, being um, mutilated, having their tonsils out, having their airway surgerized. This is bad stuff. And, um, I, you know, I, wanna, I want people to know there's a better way and I want to make it accessible. And again, that's why, you know, that, that's why you're going to see behind me the, you know, the cartoon characters. This, this is, this is something that I won't ever give up on. After 30 years in dentistry, this is my main focus. Right. When when I started to prioritize sunlight and vitamin D, that's when, you know, slowly as I started going out in the sun because I live in Michigan, and so we don't really get a lot of sunlight in the in the winter, right? Like many other countries. And um, so I started to get out in the in the summer. Um, and I started to notice I would fall asleep like virtually instantly. I mean, even if I was exposed to blue light, although I do have blue blockers, um, I was just getting tired at like 8.30, 9.30, and it would just be so easy to fall asleep. And then right now, as we're getting into you know, the fall and the winter, there are some weeks where there, were, there was no sun at all, and it would just take me you know, hours to fall asleep. And I'd fall back into that same routine of getting up five, six times a night. Right. Yeah, you know, and people contact me from around the world telling me, like, you know, I had these issues and, and like, I, I had someone recently wrote to me on Instagram 
And it's just like, it's so simple. They said, you know, I've always been trying to be healthy. I was taking vitamin D. I wasn't taking vitamin K2. I was taking magnesium. I increased my vitamin D and I added K2. And within a couple of weeks, I start to feel so good that I can't really believe it. That's what I want to hear. These are such simple things. And, you know, there aren't a lot of people who are pushing this message forward, but this is something you can test out for yourself. If you don't believe me, raise your vitamin D level, give it three months and see how you feel. The way I describe it, and this is in my book, is that I woke up one morning and I felt like I was walking around wrapped in bubble wrap. I felt so comfortable and happy and I had been feeling pain and back pain and neck pain. I just didn't feel good as a human. And how I felt, I couldn't even describe it because I had never felt so good or comfortable in my life. And that's what happens when you restore your gut microbiome and your sleep. You start to give your body back all of these chemicals, these feel-good chemicals, dopamine, serotonin, having a normal night's sleep. This is profoundly important in your health. And, you know, it's never just one, you know, one day. This is, this, this is a, um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So really, you know, when it comes to blue blocking, I wish I could blue block where my blue blockers every night. Sometimes I don't, but if, if this is for the long-term thing, you want to really, you want to understand the concepts of what it is that you should be doing on a daily basis that will keep you healthy. And then you want to modify your life to fit these important behavioral activities into. This is important. The, the things that you do, the activities and the choices that you make, what you put in your body every single day ultimately adds up to how you will live, how you will break down and how you will eventually die. You know, you're not young enough to maybe remember death by natural causes. What is death by natural causes? Who wrote that? Like, what is that? You know, maybe you live to 95, 100, 105, you never get sick, never get cancer, and you die in your sleep. That sounds like death by natural causes. People are dying death by natural causes at younger ages now, because in the old days, you used to die in your sleep. That was the conclusion of sleep apnea, choking in your sleep. That's how you died. These days, 25-year-olds, 23-year-olds are choking in their sleep. And that was with the primary problem with you. You couldn't sleep for multiple different reasons. You didn't have the right neurotransmitters in your body to allow for sleep. You didn't have the right gastrointestinal microbiome producing the right chemical to allow you to get into to normal sleep. And there, there's um, something being advertised as like, there's the, the, the magic pill for sleep. At first, it relaxes the mind, then it calms the body. I'm like, hey guys, sleep is so complex. The brain stem, the chemicals, this is very, very complex stuff. Just restoring your microbiome is gonna give you all these different chemicals that you can't start to supplement on your own. It's just not possible. We don't know enough about sleep. And I know that because I've been in this field for five years. We really don't know enough about sleep. There is no magic bullet or pill, it's just isn't. Let's delve into epigenetics real quick. So a lot of the allopathic, modern medical paradigm is centered around genetics that all disease is genetic you know you're gonna to have to take medication for the rest of your life there's no hope and recently there's been a lot of research into epigenetics and that's something that i started to study um, while in college last year so tell us about how vitamin d affects your genes sure now um so we can think about the epigenetics versus genetics as nature versus nurture okay so nature is going to be what you inherited. Nurture is going to be your environment. So maybe that's an easier way to think about it. Epigenetics means above genetics. So this is a controller of your own genes. And when it comes to epigenetics, it's not just your own DNA. 
It's the DNA of your microbes because we are symbiotic creatures and we have built this relationship with our microbes, not just our gut microbes. We have built a relationship with the microorganisms that populate the earth, the soil, and our bodies. And their DNA outnumbers ours 100 to 1. So are we really just this human canister for the microbes that, that we walk around thinking we're in control? Are they really controlling us? So um, the reason that vitamin D is mixed into this is we just talked about that, that vitamin D is an epigenetic moderator, meaning it will change your own body's access to your genes. It will change your microbes' access to their genes. Um, and it, and you know, it'll, it'll definitely change what kind of microbes you have on you and keep on you. So there's lots of different things that we can think about that are epigenetic moderators. Ketone bodies are also epigenetic moderators. They will tell your DNA specific things. So anything that affects our DNA expression or the growth of our microbes um, or how our bodies work, this is above genetics. We, we don't change who we are um, on all these different, um, with all these different uh, environments that we get into. We change our adaptation organ, which is our gut microbiome and our different mi uh, microbiomes. So epigenetics is basically how you turn genes off and on. And what does that? That's the environment. And you can sort of think of it this way, is that inside every single cell of your body, you have a set of DNA. This is your library, this is your blueprint. You got half from your mother, half from your father. And um, we're going to utilize those genes um, and use them depending on what our situation is. But you know there's different cell types in your body. You have a liver cell versus a lung cell or a muscle cell. They all have exactly the same copy of DNA, but the epigenetics part is that these different cells have silenced certain portions of the DNA because they don't use those genes and they have um, maybe amplified the use of specific genes that are required for those types of cells. You know, um, your pancreatic cells, um, they produce uh, insulin. So, you know, that's where your DNA is focused in those cells. In a muscle cell, it's going to be a different area of your, your DNA that you access. So changing how you access your genes can have profound effects on you, both by the second on the short term and the long term, and most critically, epigenetics, or the environment, and how that controls your gene expression is a massive regulator of the growth of your body. So until you are, and you're still growing, so until you are a fully formed adult, whether you're 21, 23, 24, as a dentist, I see growth and I have patients who are kids and I've tracked them over 30 years. So it's critically important to have specifically an evolutionary level of vitamin D and an evolutionary level of vitamin K2 with magnesium in the growth stage when you are a kid, because this affects the actual craniofacial growth and development. This affects how our bodies grow. And over time, this affects how our different populations look. Look at the earth, look from equatorial Africa to Iceland. Start to look at the different skin colors, facial structures, bone structure. These are all epigenetic um, uh, uh, components. And it just very simply D3 and K2. If you don't have enough D3 and you don't have enough K2, you're going to be stunted in growth. You're going to have a lack of full growth of the airway, a lack of room for 32 teeth, a lack of calcium in the jaw to make you grow. You're going to destroy your sleep and not going to grow properly because kids grow in their sleep. And if they're choking all night in their sleep, 
this is going to affect their growth pattern. So if you're to take my favorite thing to do, and you know, we're in this post-racism world, we can take Bjork. I don't know if you know who Bjork is. She's the Icelandic singer. Um, you can Google her. She's tiny, petite, very narrow eyes, pale skin, very fine features. Take Shaquille O'Neal. His ancestors evolved presumably somewhere with very high UVB radiation with dark skin. He's a big guy. So where he was, he had a lot of nutrition. There was an unlimited amount of food, unlimited amount of vitamin D3 and vitamin K2, because that's your bone growth too. And an unlimited growing season. Iceland, the growing season is very limited. So in the summer when the grass is green and the sun is high enough in the sky to make vitamin D, that's when you're packing in your calcium and your body's storing all this calcium because you need it to use up for the winter. And over the long term, these varying conditions of the environment, not your genes, of the environment, starts to dictate the structure and function of your body. That's powerfully profound. This is not evolution, this is natural selection. This is the crust of the earth with its mineral components and its, and its radiation of all kinds dictating what forms and features will be prominent. Look at Southeast Asia, people are smaller, they have dark skin. The earth and its epigenetic factors and moderators will dictate exactly what your body looks like. And you know, you can think of a lot of people in India, they're usually smaller, more petite, but they also eat a vegetarian vegan diet, you know? So, or, you know, say uh, someone who's Asian is usually not very tall. Well, there's a lot of very tall Chinese and they're, you know, coming from areas where the, their ancestors had unlimited access to nutrition, sunlight, vitamin K2, and the growing season. Yeah, so this is where I really feel like kids have really been wronged by these lifestyle recommendations because what you're talking about, you know, like they're in that developmental phase where they're just way more, um, you know, they, they, they're affected way more by yes. electromagnetic yes. fields. They're affected way more yes. by a lack of nutrition. And, and not only that, but their parents are being told the wrong thing. They're being told, don't give these kids red meat and don't let them out in the sun. Those are the things that are going to get them the fat-soluble vitamins. Those are the things that are giving them the cholesterol, the vitamin D, the, the, the right chemistry to grow. This is really tragic. And this is playing out. One in four kids are on the autistic spectrum, um, chronic food allergies, all this stuff. We are literally hurting our children. I'm scared. What are they going to be like? When they hit my age, what are their kids going to be like? These epigenetic changes can be permanent. You can have a permanent change to your DNA. And so, you know, I've been, I've been trying to, to share this message. I really want to scream it at the top of my lungs. And that's what I'm doing again with my bringing this into popular culture. That's my goal. I can tell you this all day long, but until kids send TikToks, until this is part of the fun popular culture, it's never going to change. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm excited. I'm going to be releasing one of my first videos and it's an animation that I did. And yeah, um, I, I can't give it away yet because I, I still have to worry about some licensing issues, but this is to make the idea of sun exposure fun. I have a daytime event where the whole emphasis is to explain to people that how to go in the sun safely. How do you do this? Why do you want to do this? You're exactly right. That's why I'm on your show Young people are being tortured for no reason. This isn't asking you to, to starve your kids or feed them lettuce or kale or make them lay out in the sun. This is about giving you as a parent and your child proper realistic information on how to live day to day so that you don't have to go through what I went through. We don't have to 
get involved as a victim in the medical industry because at this moment in time, you cannot trust your doctors. If you have a child that has any severe diseases, if you do not actively know their vitamin D status and monitor it, you need to look into this. This is not cool and it's happening everywhere. This is not, I want to make it clear that this isn't information that everyone should know. They should, but it's not out there. I'm not trying to make anyone feel dumb because they don't know this. They shouldn't know this. We should. This is crazy, but this is how it's going to happen. People like you being interested in their health, sharing this with your generation. Um, I still feel like I'm lucky because I'm young enough to share a message, but I still have 30 years experience in two countries. So I'm an authority. You don't want to listen to me. Don't do it. If you have kids, please just give it a shot. Okay. That's my message. That's awesome. So last thing, just to wrap up and, and uh, bring some, some points that people can start doing right away, especially as we move into the winter. So what can people do starting right away to improve their health? Number one, maybe safe sunlight. Sure. So at this point in time, if you listen to this podcast and it's not after the fact, I love having podcasts because people fall out of their health paradigm at different paces. And whoever is listening to this now, know this at the time this was being um, filmed, this is um, November. So there is a line between Atlanta and Los Angeles, and this is kind of the lower level. Anything above that, you need to really be cautious about when you can make enough vitamin D. You can't do it now. Um, you can get an app called D-Minder, but more importantly, you can go stand in the sun and you can watch what kind of a shadow it casts on you or something, an object around you. If the sun is not high enough in the sky, to cast a shadow that's shorter than your height, you are not making vitamin D. If you are looking at a signpost or a fire hydrant and the shadow that that object casts is longer than the object, it is too late or you are too far north, you cannot make vitamin D. The sun isn't high enough in the sky to break the cholesterol in your skin to transform it to vitamin D. So you can still go outside. I'm not saying you don't, you don't have to, but you may not be making vitamin D. So number one, Take supplements if you live in that line. If you haven't been supplementing, you're nervous about the coronavirus or you've been just taking a multivitamin, you can start taking a much bigger dose of vitamin D today. I have many videos about this on my YouTube channel at modernhuntergatherers.com. And you can start to get used to the idea that just like going to the gym, you have to work at the sun is a critical component for health and you need to learn how to incorporate this into your life. You can take vitamin D supplements. It's almost as good. So definitely, I want my patients to maintain a level of vitamin D always over 50, always. I don't want it to drop down um, and get some natural sun exposure. When you're outside, don't wear sunglasses. If you're not in a car, you're in a car, you're already filtering the light. The glass is filtering the radiation. If you're out for a walk, don't wear sunglasses. If you're out in a boat and it's the middle of summer and you haven't been out on a boat a lot and there's a lot of glare, wear sunglasses. If you're, climbing, if you're in a, at a ski resort and you took a gondola, wear sunglasses. If you're down at the bottom of the valley and you want to slowly walk up, your eyes will, will you know, be accommodating that extra radiation. But we do these things that are not natural, you know, going up at elevation immediately, flying to a different location. These are all things we need to manage our radiation. So walk around without sunglasses. I wear sunglasses in the car and I wear blue blockers when I'm walking around at night. Do not drive your car with blue blockers. It's very dangerous. You can't see a green light from a red light. Um, so that, you know, maintain a vitamin D level, supplement your vitamin D guys, unless you're a real sun tanner, just do it. Even if it's 2000 IU, you don't want to have a bad reaction to the coronavirus. So. 
How did people get enough vitamin D in the winter? Because right now from everything I've learned, just a theory is like in the fall when there was a big harvest, you know, you stored up fat and vitamin D was stored in the fat. And that's how I think they got through winter with enough, but how, how did they actually get through the winter? Well, it is. So, so I think it's a bit of a misnomer to think that it's stored in fat. Um, vitamin D um, is spread out more diffuse the fatter that you are, the more body fat you have. So, um, you know, I, I, because you, the way mother nature works is that people who um, have been spending generations in more Northern latitudes, you know, their, their bodies are very easy. You know, the white skin will let you build up that vitamin D to a very high level. Uh, and then you can use it up through the winter. But there are other things that are affecting our vitamin D status, like staying indoors and radiation. Being, um, uh, you know, you're being exposed to radiation and radiation is a stress to your body. It doesn't matter if it's from sunlight or from um, 5G, it still affects you. As a dentist, I make you wear that lead apron when we do dental x-rays. So if you're in front of your, your 5G and all this stuff's going through you, it's going to cause free radical damage. Your body is going to start to upregulate the anti-inflammatory enzymes to reduce this unless you don't have enough vitamin D to make those chemicals. And if you're sitting in your basement, you don't have enough. If you're outside in the sun without sunscreen, you're making the antidote to the sun. Nothing in, in life is stable. Sunlight, as it penetrates you, it damages you, it breaks down your tissue, but it also charges your body and builds it up. Mother Nature functions in cycles. If you go in the sun a lot and you block your UV, UV radiation, this is bad news. So understand that there's always a balance of wear, tear, and repair in your body. That's daily, nightly, yearly. That's how all of life functions, like a wave, peaks and valleys. What about the supplement trio, vitamin D, magnesium, and vitamin K? So I call them the terrific trio because, you know, nobody wants to take more pills than they have to. Just the basic, I want, I want to do, what's the least I can do? Vitamin D, vitamin D always came with vitamin K2. You want to, to take it with vitamin K2. K2 has been removed from our food chain. That's a whole separate podcast on its own. Um, and then magnesium powers this reaction. So magnesium is really critical for the energy production in your body. You've heard of ATP, adenosine triphosphate. If you don't have enough magnesium, that ATP isn't going to be activated and functioning. So that's why I say those three things. That's it. Now, do I take some other supplements? Sure, I do. But those are the ones that I never miss. Perfect. And then for the foods, what foods should you really avoid? What foods need to be in the diet? All right. So this is just, again, this is a massive and complex topic we start to get into what makes food either healthy and not healthy, and that is the amount of deuterium. Deuterium is a stable hydrogen isotope, and I would love to get into that topic a little further down the road. This is one of my main villains, and you can see behind me, um, those, that's deuterium and glyphosate. Those are the villains that we need to worry about. So when you eat processed food, sugar, carbohydrates, those are loaded in the villains, deuterium and glyphosate. When you eat organic, natural, nose to tail, whole animal products, you really lower your exposure to those two villains. And that's how simple this is. Avoid the villains and enjoy the heroes. The heroes are, I might, in my cartoons, vitamin D3, vitamin K2, magnesium, they're heroes. These are the celebrities that you want to get to know. This is who you should be following on Instagram. And in fact, I made an Instagram page for the B vitamins because this is what kids need to be into. This is it. So, um, you know, that's um, when, I, when it comes to eating, 
I want to narrow my eating window. Hunter gatherers didn't eat all day long. We evolved feasting and fasting. When you're not eating, your body's immediately going into autophagy and starting to recycle the broken parts. So you don't want to eat all day long. I want to eat grass fed wherever possible, organic, not farmed. If something is farmed, I want to know what they were being fed, corn, grain, and soy. I don't want to eat anything like that because you are what you eat eats. Okay. The safest food on this planet is still ruminants, sheeps, goats, cows, animals that eat green growing grass. Why? Grass is very low in deuterium. Secondly, ruminants will chew and use the bacteria in their stomachs to break down the foods. By the time the food product of ruminants of any kind gets into their tissue, it's been filtered. It has had the deuterium removed. If there's glyphosate, it's not going to make it too far into this animal. So any ruminant, whether you eat their cheese, as long as they're eating grass, or eat their meat, this is the healthiest food that you can eat. The more gritty and gross the food, the more the organ meats and collagens ground in there, the healthier it is. Hunter-gatherers ate the whole animal. They didn't just eat um, muscle meat. So I don't like all those organ meats, but you can get them ground up. One of my favorites, um, you know, uh, Brian Saunders from PQ and Podcast, his company sells this really great mixture of all the meat mixed up. So I don't have to go, you know, just start to cook all this stuff. I don't have time for that. But red meat, best thing in the world, grass-fed eggs, oysters, anything that Mother Nature puts out there, if you can get it, it's good for you. Mother Nature would never put toxic stuff well within our reach and, and imagine that we were going to be smart enough to avoid red meat. A bunch of nonsense. Right. And there's a lot of a lot of controversy in that whole world of veganism or carnivore diet, right? Well, and then so to anyone listening to this, so and then maybe this is something that you're going to want to interview. There's a couple topics that I've teased here because this is complex. So what I can say to vegetarians and vegans is if you don't want to eat meat because you love cute animals, that's okay. But don't fool yourself into thinking that eating food that's farmed is healthier for animals. Don't fool yourself into thinking that cute little animals aren't killed and destroyed by farming. And don't fool yourself into thinking that veganism, vegetarianism is better for the planet or for your body because it's not. And the reason I want to say this is I don't need one single scientific study, although they are out there. This come down, comes down to the subatomic structure of molecules and how much deuterium they have. Sugar, as in high fructose corn syrup, is very high in deuterium. Coconut oil is very low in deuterium. Sugar is bad for you, coconut oil is good for you. Red meat's very low in deuterium. Lard, beef tallow, very low in deuterium, it's good for you. And we can get into this another time, but this is quantum physics. This isn't about randomized controlled studies. This isn't about someone trying to prove something. This is how the universe is structured by the nature of the periodic table of elements, starting out at hydrogen, the simplest element in the universe. It has one electron and one proton. Hydrogen has three isotopes, protium, regular hydrogen, deuterium, and tritium. Tritium is radioactive, it's not natural. Deuterium is natural, it's a form of hydrogen that exists on this planet and in this universe. And it's found primarily in water and in your body. So once you know how much deuterium a food has, then you can make a judgment as to whether this is healthy or not, because this is what ages you. And I'm looking forward to sharing the work of my experts, um, Laszlo Boros and uh, Gabor Somnia. These are the guys, Hungarian guys, who are the experts. And their information, they're like, hey, I'm a scientist. They're not putting out cartoon characters. I am. Their information is so important. I want to share it. 
Um, I, I've met, I've met or learned about these guys five years ago, and I've been struggling since that time to try and share the simplicity of my information when it comes to food, what's healthy and what's not. So really look forward to getting this out there and making this comprehensible. That's the cartoon characters. I want people just to right away go, oh, that's got a lot of deuterium. Why? Well, it's corn, grain, and soy. These are not the foods that humans evolved on. We took those seeds and we created this giant industry. Doesn't mean it's healthy for us. Just a rabbit hole real quick here. Yeah. The highest deuterium foods are found along the equator, like bananas, mangoes, that sort of thing. So naturally, the highest naturally natural foods deuterium, yes. Deuterium is balanced to the environment. The strength of the solar radiation will dictate the amount of deuterium that comes into the food chain, and it was always balanced. The foods that are processed, they mess up Mother Nature's laws. So the foods at the equator that are unhealthy are the industrial seed oil corn chips that they're selling, not necessarily the fruit. If you eat natural fruit, you need to be eating it outside without your clothes on for it not to be healthy. Eat all the pineapple you want, but eat it in Hawaii, in your bathing suit, outside, and know that Mother Nature will recalibrate for the deuterium content by the sunlight that you'll be receiving. And that should be a pretty big tease to a massive and complex topic um, on deuterium that I'd be thrilled to speak with you about at some later date. But basically, yeah, that's it. You are right about that. Awesome. Well, for the last few questions, there are going to be some rapid fire questions okay, that I ask everyone. It. So um, number one, I kind of have an idea of what you're going to say, but what is the one aspect of health which you have found has the greatest impact on someone's health? Um, I would say emulating our hunter-gatherer ancestors. I call it tribal life. That's my fun way to think about this. And that is all about thinking about what people did 15, 20,000 years ago, how they lived their life. That's what will keep you healthy. That's it. The concept of interconnectedness. What do you think about holism as opposed to, you know, treating one disease instead of a patient? Mother Nature does not work in isolation. Mother Nature favors diversity as in the diversity of all species and forms of life on this planet and the collaboration of all the diverse forms of life fungus soil microbes this is how it works nothing works in isolation don't keep sanitizing your hands in your life guys this is not how our bodies work now the final question is kind of a bleak question but it's no secret you're going to die at some point so what do you hope to leave behind? Well, so first of all, I wanna make it clear that um, I don't, I'm not here to leave any great monuments. I'm here at this moment in time to save children from the life that I had. It's my main priority. Um, I personally feel like we're at a point in history where we could transfer our consciousness onto a computer. By the time I get to the end of my life, I'm 54, and I think hopefully I've got a long ways to go. I reclaim my health. But you know, there's always talk about, is this a simulation or is this real? I don't think it matters. I think the rules are the same. We still follow these laws of physics. They're a little weird. Electrons aren't bound. They move around. Kind of some magic stuff. But if you think about how technology expands exponentially and you think about the best virtual reality systems that we have today, you're young. I, I played Pong on a, on a big old you know, console. But as technology increases and you get your... your your um, uh, virtual reality goggles, at a certain point, your brain doesn't know whether what it's being presented with is real. Your body could be lying 300 years ahead in a, in a bed of agar, and maybe these are all simulations and algorithms. It doesn't really matter. But I feel like 
I'm at a, I'm alive at a point in time where in the next 30 years, if there is ever a way to transfer consciousness of a biologic being onto a computer, we would probably figure it out. But I want people to understand that the human body is one of the most sophisticated, complex, self-healing, self-regenerating um, uh, things in this universe. Humans are the top of the food chain on this planet. And I personally believe that we could live a lot longer than we currently are. And it has to do with how deuterium builds up in your body and the toxins that you expose your body to. So I feel like we're at a good point in history where elucidating and making these real, honest biochemical principles available to anyone that there should be a massive revolution in healthcare in how we age based on my information, on the information Ben Greenfield posts, on the information Dave Asprey figured out. As soon as scientists and biologists and chemists and massive amounts of research can go into this, then we can start to look at the real stuff. If you're going to let big pharma still keep tricking you with all these stupid pills and all these stupid commercials, this is, this is going down the wrong road. It's going to end poorly for everyone who believes that junk and nonsense. And unfortunately, people who are probably not going to hear this podcast, they're, they're my parents' age, the older generation. They trusted their doctors. My mother would never go against her doctor's orders ever. And unfortunately, neither, both of my parents, like I said, they followed their doctor's orders and their doctors basically killed them through the modern pharmaceutical model. So I think that we're at this really great point in history where people like yourself can, can have a fresh beginning. And the cool part, like, you know, when I I'm bring a dentist on to, to mentor, they come into my office and they get my 30 years experience, whether they like it or not. And they may be at the beginning of their career, but they're starting from what took me 30 years to amass this amount of knowledge. Here we are, we've been deceived, we've been fooled. Modern medicine is untrustable. The majority of the last 40 years of scientific studies that were made are erroneous. They don't take into account vitamin D. They don't take into account glyphosate. And this is a type of stuff that can really start to change when people like you are in the majority and people start to question their health and want to do better for their fellow man. We have just come through a really important time in history. Um, this is about a week after the 2020 election. <clears throat> At this point in time, it looks like Donald Trump is gone. And I'm not American, so I didn't vote and I can't say anything. But I found, you know, I felt like this was a movement forward where rather than being divisive, rather than pitting people of different colors and cultures against each other, that we can start to move forward and understand that those differences that are making people so angry, all these are is just the external shell of the human animal that has been modified by the elements of life that exist on this planet. The earth shapes our bodies and don't be fearful don't be xenophobic of people who are not in your tribe. They may look different, but we're all human animals. We're all here on this planet. And we all need to celebrate our diversity and collaborate together for, the hu for, for basically the future of the human race and this planet. This, this planet's going to survive. We may not. That's a good place to end it. Um, Dr. Gould, how can people find out more about your work? Under sure. your book. Yep. My, um, so you can go to my website right now, modernhuntergathers.com. Your biology is that of a hunter-gatherer, but we live in the modern world. You need to be a modern hunter-gatherer. Go to my website. You can download my ebook for free. I don't want to make money on this. I want people to start to get the idea. I got a lot of really cool information. 
can't wait for people to start to see it and enjoy better health. So modernhuntergatherers.com. My name is Dr. Joel Gould. And um, download my ebook, share it with everyone. It's fun. There's some cool stuff in there. It's interactive. Because when I say some of these things, I don't know if I would have believed them. Take a link to the website and you can see video that supports my story. Amazing. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you being on here. My pleasure. Great. Well, if you're new to Dr. Gould's information, you probably either just had a small aneurysm or you're incredibly excited or you might be kind of angry and pissed off, which I can understand. Dr. Gould teased a lot of different topics and obviously there was simply no way that we could cover everything in depth. But the main point I want to drive home is this. Vitamin D cannot be patented. Vitamin D cannot be sold for billions and billions and billions of dollars like many synthetic drugs can. There is a clear conflict of interest that is undeniable. Now, what can we do about that? I'm not saying that vitamin D is the panacea, that vitamin D is everything. However, it is a gigantic piece to the natural health puzzle. Because usually, and this kind of pisses me off, when a researcher or a doctor involved with conventional allopathic medicine tries to discredit natural health, they look at it through a tiny little myopic lens. Well, you know, vitamin D is good for bone health. And that's it. And they're not looking at Vitamin D is also good for brain health. Vitamin D is necessary for development. Vitamin D interacts with the gut microbiome. Vitamin D is important for metabolic health, immune health. Vitamin D can change your gene expression. This is really where the problem lies, and this is where I think a holistic perspective on things like vitamin D and seeing how it interacts with so many aspects of our health is really necessary. Vitamin D, it has been shown time and time again through randomized control trials, systematic reviews, meta-analyses, this is the real deal. And I want you to look at this compounding with a bunch of other lifestyle practices. Think about this, you have adequate, not, not deficient. In other words, not deficient is different than optimal or adequate, right? So let's say you have these optimal levels of vitamin D. Now, combine that with proper nutrition eliminating processed foods, consuming organic as possible. I know some people may not be able to afford it. Doing some fasting every now and then, supplementing with magnesium, making more time for friends, having a gratitude practice, doing breath work exercises, doing exercise, smart exercise, doing heat stress, exposing yourself to the cold, does that now put lifestyle practices in perspective? This is how we need to go forward. This is how we need to start thinking about things in terms of how all of these lifestyle practices can compound to create an incredibly healthy and resilient population of humans, as opposed to the chronically diseased humans that we now have. I will 100% be doing a series with Dr. Gould in the future on each one of these topics so we can go super in-depth into deuterium, an animal-based diet, uh, the fallacies of veganism, and much, much more. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you've enjoyed some of my other episodes, it would be very, very helpful to me if you could share this with your loved ones, share this with your family and friends, and give this a review on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. 
Now, if you're feeling a bit confused and you don't know where to start with your health journey, then I highly recommend you read my book, Return to Human, how modern medicine, the media, and the mundane have destroyed our immune systems and how to move back towards optimal health. Essentially, you can think of it as a short guidebook which will give you some practical and applicable understanding of scientific research that I've done, which you can use to implement into your own life, regardless of how busy it is. There are truly very, very simple things that you can start doing, which can have a radical impact on the way that you live your life. And that was the goal when I wrote the book. I think that I take a very comprehensive approach. So rather than it being focused on one aspect of health, I cover the top seven, which I believe are seemingly harmless, yet in the long term, they can actually be very, very deleterious to your health. Now, I don't just tell you the things that could be harmful to your health. This is not supposed to be fear-mongering. I tell you so that you can do something about it. The book is meant to orient you towards healthy lifestyle practices. So what I do is I tell you why, I tell you why it could potentially be harming your health, and then I give you practical tools to implement into your life. If you don't want to spend a couple dollars to buy the book, then that's completely fair. I understand times are tough right now. So what I have done is made chapter two on mental health and immune health completely free for you to download. Now you can go to my website at livedamnwell.com you can check it out in the description. I will have a link to that below. So I hope you check that out. That'll give you some practical tools to use in your daily life to reduce stress, to enhance resilience to stress, and to sleep better, to overall just enhance your emotional state because that is inextricably tied to your immune health. Hope that helps. Hope to see you in the next episode. Thank you.